DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Riley Jensen, college football expert, and he's a mental performance coach. He runs RileyJensenConsulting.com, works with a lot of local teams, does a lot of work at Weber State. Riley, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing today? This leaves, this leaves the high school camps off your resume. This is a, just a partial resume for you, Riley. Not to mention your history <laughs> in sports radio, both in sales and programming. Holy cow, who wrote this? Yeah, um, man, thank you. Thank you, DJ. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. I appreciate it. I want to start with football. Uh, DraftKings says the Utes are going to win eight games. Do you take the over or the under? PK and I were both disappointed that they didn't go with 7.5 or 8.5 because you don't want to sit on the fence. We both felt like eight was the number. But then we went different directions on over or under. Uh, What do you think when you hear the Utes, eight wins? It feels that that feels like a little bit of a stretch, um, just because w- with all the players that they're losing, both defensively and offensively. I mean, you look at, at the quarterback position and the running back position; those were those were really really key contributors to the offense. And then defensively, there's just just a whole boatload of guys that were really good for the Utes. But what we've seen, and there was a few years back where I think they put 10 guys in the NFL and they still played really, really good football the next year. I can't remember how many wins they had. But I think what gives me a little bit of hope that they can get to eight wins is Andy Ludwig. I liked the way the offense was designed last year. I liked the way um, that, that it was executed. He understood who his players were and what they could do. And he put them in situations to be able to win. I I personally think, and this is not this is not a cut against Tyler Huntley because I think he had an amazing year for 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 the Utes, but there were there were times and there were key situations last year where he missed some throws. And as high as his percentage was, I know that even he is like, oh my gosh, how did I miss that throw? How did I how did how did that not happen? And is and is and and listen, he played amazing. I thought he played amazing football, but I think. There's going to be some guys that are just a little bit more naturally accurate in the passing game. They're going to be able to keep the chains moving in certain situations. And, I, and so for me, I think, and, and I've said this to you guys before on the radio, I think an, off, uh, uh, an offensive coordinator, a good offensive coordinator can be a plus one for a team. A really good offensive coordinator can be a plus two. And I, and I think it works the opposite way. So I think an offensive coordinator is a plus or minus two. And I think the reason why they get to eight wins is because I think Andy Ludwig's that good. And so I think with him being a plus-two offensive coordinator, in my opinion, that that gets them to eight wins. So what would be your plus-minus ratings on DJ and PK? (laughs) My plus-minus on you guys? I mean, look, we're talking about, what are we, 13 years now, 14 years now together? Uh, I mean, actually, actually. Actually, we're coming up on our 18th anniversary here. Oh, my gosh, dude. I knew it felt like an eternity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm legal now, man. I can be held accountable for what I say. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I I would say plus minus with you guys. If if you were on my team, I'm saying you guys are plus minus five easy, and I'm going with plus five with you guys. Come on. Come on. You You guys make the people around you better. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. We gotta have you on more often. <laughs> how do you think I got married? I know I know how to tell people what they need to hear. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Very nice. So this is a universal in terms of everybody being 
uh, shortchanged on spring ball and off-season workouts, so we'll see how far it goes, but obviously it's right now. So everyone is under the same set of circumstances, but some teams are being hit harder than others. We've spoken with the coaches, Kyle and Morgan in Utah, for instance. You know, last year their defense was all set, and so they didn't have many, many questions. Uh, this year they got new quarterbacks and whatnot. But how do you think, generally speaking, the loss of spring practice is going to affect these teams, and in particular the teams that we have in the state. I mean, i i think I think that spring ball is a little bit overrated, in the sense that, I mean, coaches know who their players are; they they know who their guys are, and especially teams that have been to bowl games. I mean, half of the bowl game practices are healing up all of your starters and finding out who your young guys are and how they progress during the season. So, so teams that have been to bowl games, they've had those extra practices and they've had a chance to look at who they, they know who their guys are. I think, I think the concern or what you worry about when you're a, when you're a coach right now is, and as much as we like to think that college football players are all super disciplined and, and really, really good about doing what they're supposed to do, without the structure that they have right now, you worry about the guy that comes back from this break, and a lot of them have gone home because they're taking their classes online, and he comes back 20 pounds overweight, and it's June, and you only have two months to get him into shape, you know? And all of that time could have been spent getting him into really good shape, and those two months could have been used to get him into, you know, into into top condition and into top peak position to to play well for you. So I think I think that's where you worry a little bit more is is the leadership of the team and the ability to have that self control and that discipline to be able to do what it takes to win college football games, and the coaches that are able to, you know portray that image or portray that message through their own channels, whether, whether it be email, whether it be their huddle groups, whether, whatever it is, are, are going to be the coaches and the teams that play well this fall. Now, I will say this. Once you get five games into the season, everybody's in shape. And so, I mean, you look at, you look at different people, and some people play real well at the first of the year. Some people really peak like midway through the season. That's because – by the time you get midway through the season, every team is in shape. There's no way you can't be in shape and play college football by midseason. And so um, we'll see. This is, this is all new stuff for everybody, right? And I think there's a, there's a lot of anxiety for coaches. I mean, I don't envy coaches. They work with, you know, here in the state of Utah, they work with 18 to 23, 18 to 24-year-olds, and their livelihood depends upon it, right? <laughs> I mean, of course there's anxiety for those guys. But I think – these coaches are good. A lot of them have a ton of experience. When I mean, you look around the state now, all of them have years and years and years of experience. These guys are going to be able to weather this storm. And I don't see any team being hit harder or, or, or hit worse than another team as far as this situation goes. Riley Jensen joining us, college football expert. He's a mental performance coach, works with Weber State and some other local teams, high school as well as colleges and that. RileyJensenConsulting.com. Uh, David Locke. Just posted a story from Axios, which is a survey. They've got a survey of over 100 athletic directors at FBS schools. And uh, their big concerns right now, 89% says their top concern is uh, academic progress among student-athletes over the next three months when everybody's learning online from home. 
Okay, so we get that, right? They don't have the structure around them. The next thing, 74% of them are worried about the mental health of their athletes. And I assume that what athletes are going through, there's a lot of overlap with just what our general listenership is going through. So uh, a quick tip or two, if that's possible, to keep people healthy and happy and wise and all that stuff. Yeah, so um, there's there's no question there's a lot of different scenarios going on out there. And, <clears throat> you know, I, it's, it's, it's really easy um, to get – to get down or to be going in the wrong direction here. And I'm, you know, starting, starting this Monday, I'm doing like a mindfulness Monday with the Weber state athletic staff and all the players there. I do a mindfulness Monday with the Utah jazz organization right now. I'm doing it with other companies and different people, but I, I think there's, there's three small tips that we can, that we can do. And if you want, you, you can go to my, um, you can go to my podcast. I'm, I'm, pushing these out on my podcast for free right now, but Mindset Matters by Riley Jensen. I'm doing a 12-part series on anxiety and stress reduction, and you can go there for free. But here's here's the three things that I think are important right now. Number one, are you being intentional with what you do? Meaning, whether it's social media, whether it's any of your media intake, whether it's DJ and PK, (laughs) whether whether it's MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, whether it's um, Facebook, whether it's Instagram, be intentional about what you're going to do. It's, this is a good idea even in just normal times. But right now, this is not the time to go and just go, oh, I wonder what's going on on Facebook right now. Give yourself parameters. Give yourself a chance to say, okay, I'm going to go on Facebook from 9 to 9.45 this morning, and I'm going to get all the memes and all the funny things out of the way, and I'm going to feel good about that. And then maybe I'll circle back at 4 o'clock for another 45 minutes. Just being intentional about what you're doing. You can't get yourself down a rabbit hole of negativity. And, and, and it's, not that, it's not that some of these things are purposely put out to be negative. Some of these are very real right now. But you only have so much bandwidth, and you've only got so much um, ability to handle some of the news that's going on. So be intentional about how much media you're going to consume. And then... Go take a walk. Go be with your family and go be where your feet are. In other words, just be present with your family and, and do the things that you need to do. The second part that I would say is a natural anxiety or stress reduction tool that is really great is we've all been hit and all of our routines are different right now. But one of the, one of the things that we can do, and, and just like with me this morning, I got up. I do my normal routine. I get through some of the four or five things that I consider non-negotiables. I took a shower. I get ready for the day. Normally, I'm out the door, and I'm going to work with somebody, either Weber State or Utah Jazz Organization or Clyde Companies down in Orem. But I'm not doing that now. I'm going on the Internet. But I got up. I did my morning routine. I won the morning. And then my schedule changes a little bit during the day. And there's opportunities to to get yourself better during that time. And then I think the other thing is, is controlling your routine at night, keeping your routine the same with your kids, keeping the routine the same with yourself. Those are natural, they're natural anxiety reducers. And we, we have to remember that it's probably true that everything is going to be different after this. But, but instead of thinking of different as bad, different is just different and it can be good. It can be really good. And so just, you know, as you're as you're going through your morning routines, as you're being more intentional in what you do, and when you realize that things are going to be different after this, just 
just remember that it doesn't always mean that it's bad. Different can be good. And I think we'll learn from this and we'll grow from this. And there could be a lot of a lot of a lot of good lessons that can be learned. And I think when when we're going through our routines and when we're doing things and when we're changing and growing and progressing, this is a real opportunity for us to change some of our habits in the mornings, change some of our habits at night. And it, and it gives us a, an opportunity to to really build upon ourselves. And then the last thing that I would say that's a psychological tool that's really, really been helpful to people is just what I call the five, four, three, two, one rule. Um, and it's, it's called a grounding technique in psychology. And all, all you basically do is when your mind starts racing, when you start feeling a lot of stress, when you start um, feeling a little bit overwhelmed, is you replace some of those negative or anxious thoughts with what I call neutral or productive thoughts. And what, what it is is five things that you can see. You just look around outside. What are five things that you can see right now, right? The next part is what are four things that I can touch? So it could be that your shirt's touching your shoulder. You can touch your face. You can touch your radio. Well, actually, you probably shouldn't touch your face right now, right? Take it back. Um, yeah, I take it back. But something that you can touch. Uh, then three things that you can hear. So you just listen for three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and then one thing that you can taste. And that grounding technique, what it does is, is the science and the research shows that at any one time, we can only have one thought in our minds. And so that helps kind of replace the negativity or the anxious thoughts that you're having with what I call neutral or productive thoughts. And then it starts to become really advantageous because now you're not having those anxious or neutral or those negative thoughts. And it just becomes a nice tool. So those would be the three techniques right now that kind of stand out to me that have been helpful to people. Controlling your routine, being intentional in what you do, and using that grounding technique. And the grounding technique, after you do the five, four, three, two, one, you just fall with a deep diaphragmatic breath, four seconds in through the nose, six seconds out through the mouth. And then just kind of move forward with your life and see if you don't feel just a little bit better. You can find a lot of these tips, like I said, on my podcast. There's other podcasts out there like Justin Sua. Um, it's called Increase Your Impact. They're quick. They're five minutes. You can get some anxiety reduction in, and then you can move on with your day. But there's there's all kinds of tools out there. If if you want to go to my website, you want to reach out to me, if, if your company wants some of the access to some of these things, I certainly am happy to help at, at RileyJensenConsulting.com. Man, I feel like a million bucks right now. You did. You took a little deep breath, didn't you? you, you know, I did, all yeah. All going to be okay. I you smelled know? something. I'm going to taste something. Okay, the thing I smelled wasn't very good, but, you know, beside that. <laughs> yeah, but, but you traded that thought, even if it's bad, right? Even if even if DJ smells really, really bad, it, it changes your thoughts <laughs> and thinking about all of the, the skies falling, right? We're, we're social distancing now. He has no idea. He hasn't been in studio since all of this broke. He's remote. I'm in studio. Oh. Yach's in his own room. I don't go in Yach's producer studio. He doesn't come in here. He actually leaves those headlines when you're in. You see the headlines. He leaves them out on the table outside, and I grab them when I walk in. So, other people have to deal with my body odor, but not PK. He's he's good to go. You guys are controlling what you can control. I think the cool thing about that is I had no idea that you were doing that, that you were remote. So that that just shows how good you guys really are. Eighteen years we share a sports talk radio brain, so we can pull it off. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And we do control the controllables. I've told Kyle Whittingham that so many times. Control the controllables, Kyle. I think he's starting to get it. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, 
a lot of people use that. I, I think I think the the key is to know what the controllables are. <laughs> you know, I've heard a lot of people say that, but do you know what the controllables are? That's the key. Well, the thing that I find interesting here is that you're talking about stuff winning the morning, and the controller controllable, all that stuff, winning the morning about the routine. Well, one of the strengths that I've been able to notice being around Utah's program to the extent I'm not on the inside, but being around it, I've noticed, and clearly it just screams at you as far as the routine. I don't know that I've ever been around a coach who is more set in this is the way that we're going to do things. And I have been around some coaches who change things, and the results are disastrous. And I think if you commit to go into the Utah football program, you are saying to yourself, okay, this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be regimented. And with that in mind, Kyle has a routine every single day, and it doesn't vary, and everybody knows it. And I think that's been part of the reason that he's been successful. I don't, I don't think there's any question. I think you're, you're spot on. I think from the psychological view of that, I mean, the three enemies of confidence and performance are unrealistic expectations, right, perfectionism, and comparison. But one of, one, of the, one of the friends to success in those sorts of things is expectations that are manageable and reasonable. And I think if you look at Kyle Whittingham over the years, Love him, hate him, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say about the program. The one thing you cannot be critical of is that the expectations are very clear when you come into that program. People know what is expected of them. They know what the routine is. And as human beings, the science and the research shows we need routine to lower our anxiety. And when our anxiety goes down, our confidence and our performance goes up. And so Kyle's been a master of it. Um, I think. I actually think that Bronco Mendenhall was really good at that. You may not have liked his presentation. You may not have liked the way that he talked about it, but he was really, really good. The players that played for Bronco Mendenhall and the players that are playing for him at Virginia right now, they know exactly what's expected of them, and they know exactly what they have to do to be able to be on the field and perform at their highest level. So I I think that's what great coaches do. I think great coaches, I mean, I could sit down with any coach around the country and I could have a blast for two or three hours just talking X and O's and and saying, hey, what if you do this and what if you do that? And they all know the right answers. But the coaches that separate are the ones that have a great culture, and I think that's what you're talking about with Kyle a little bit, is the culture there is that there's an expectation when you come into the program on how to act, on how to play, and be. And I I think that's a real compliment to them and their program. (laughs) You know, I think the other person you add on that is uh, Jerry Sloan. He was big into routine. Do the same thing, nap at the same time, eat at the same time, substitute John Stockton out at the same time. I mean, there's, and I'm sure there's more than that, but those are the ones we know that he would talk about and that that routine, you just didn't blow a lot of energy and spend a lot of energy on thinking about stuff. You just got into routine and you just automatically did it and conserve energy. Again, you're not using up bandwidth on decisions, right? You're, you're, You're able to just use... You know, like, hey, this is the way that we do it. I think what what athletes and what teams and what coaches get in trouble with with routine is you have to be careful not to turn it into a ritual or a superstition, right? And the the thing about a routine is that it's flexible and it's adaptable. Um, 
uh, a ritual or a superstition starts to control you, but you're the one who's in control of the routine. And so that's that's the only thing that gets scary with coaches and players sometimes is that that routine all of a sudden becomes like the ritual. And, you know, I, I, you think about the ritual on major back in the day when, you know, when, when the baseball player has to have his little voodoo doll, you know, in his locker and everything or else he can't play well. Well, that's just not true, right? And so, so no question we need routine. We don't need superstition or ritual, <laughs> if that makes sense. Riley, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for talking a little football and a little uh, mental health here. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again. Thanks for having me on. Love you guys. You guys are doing great things for all of us. We get to have a little bit of a, a snack every day instead of worrying about all the craziness that's going on. Riley Jensen, college football insider and mental performance coach. You can check him out at RileyJensenConsulting.com.